Welcome to Men Alive, a biblical journey to help us become conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. I'm your host, Paul Estabrooks. Our teacher is my longtime friend, Dr. Jim Cunningham, consultant in adult education, director of Go Teach Global, and author of the book, Men Alive. So Jim, I have an interesting partner question today. Would you marry a prostitute? That is an unusual question to begin a discussion, but it is biblical. Back in 725 BC, before the Assyrian invasion of Israel, the Lord asked Hosea to marry a prostitute named Gomer. God wanted Hosea's marriage to be a living example to the Israelites of their covenant relationship with him. Hosea married Gomer and they had three children. Everything went well for a few years until Gomer decided to return to her former lovers. Gomer rejected Hosea and their children. Hosea grieved her departure but refused to terminate his love. In Hosea's mind, marriage was a covenant of love and fidelity sworn before God. It was unalterable because of health or circumstances, including adultery. Eventually, Gomer was alone, in debt and ruined. She was imprisoned, according to the custom of the day, to be sold as a slave at a public auction to pay for her debts. It so happened that Hosea was walking through the marketplace the same day his wife was on the auction block. Motivated by his love, Hosea paid the price and took her back as his wife. The result was a restored family and a new relationship between Hosea and Gomer. We, as individuals, are like Gomer, running away from God to serve other gods. But our loving Heavenly Father paid the ultimate price, the death of His Son, Jesus Christ. So why did God initiate marriage in the first place? In essence, it was to protect society from self-destruction. Let's examine five primary reasons for marriage. First, marriage is companionship and a lifelong friendship. Marriage gives us an intimate friend to share life's joys and pains. Paul, my brother, let me speak candidly. (laughs) You and I have had a 60-plus year friendship since we met as teenage boys in church. Man to man, I consider you to be the most faithful male friend I have. We argue like brothers, and we would die for each other. We almost have in a few of the countries where we've taught together. You were called the best man at my wedding in 1967. In fact, you laughingly tell my wife that you are still the best man. But not for one minute would I ever compare, equate, or trade my friendship with you for the 50 years of marriage to Rita. She has been an angel, so to speak, a God-given gift to me. I have learned so much from my relationship with her as my wife. As one comedian laughs and says, Yeah, marriage taught me sensitivity, self-control, patience, acceptance, and a host of other character qualities I would have never needed had I stayed single in the first place. (laughs) Yeah, that may be funny, but this companionship called marriage can and often does make one a kinder, gentler, more compassionate human being if we're willing to learn the lessons. Second lesson, marriage provides sexual pleasure. Marriage permits us to enjoy sex to the full. 
Sex is perhaps the highest universal pleasure of all pleasures to be enjoyed by marriage partners regardless of race or economic level. God himself created sex initially. He made man and he made woman, and he said, it is good. God designed marriage as a forsaking all others, lifelong covenant of companionship and friendship. Rita believes that couples should become best friends before they get married and have sex. And that way they have a relationship for life that will last in spite of any physical or sexual changes in the future. Good thinking. Sexual pleasure, though, does need boundaries and times of self-control. The Jewish scriptures teach varying lengths of abstinence in marriage, for example, during the menstrual cycle, after the birth of a child, the evening before worship, and during times of fasting. If anything, a brief period of abstinence increases enjoyment of the opportunities for sex. Maximum pleasure from normal intimacy is how God designed sex. Pornography and experimentation push marriage partners to new levels of fantasy based more on boredom with a sense of being used rather than enjoying natural and healthy sexual pleasure. When a husband engages in adultery, he leaves his wife feeling inadequate. She interprets this as a sign of her failure to meet his needs. Consequently, this may lead to depression or to her looking elsewhere for comfort and a solution. Adultery says in a devastating way, I see you, my chosen marriage partner, to whom I pledged my lifelong love, exposed to me in intimate vulnerability, yet I decide to reject you for someone else. The covenant relationship of marriage protects every wife and every husband from the devastating effects of adultery by submitting to and meeting each other's needs, emotionally, socially, and physically. Jim, I hear you saying one feels safe in this kind of marriage, protected, honored. I love her, she loves me, period. There is no other. You are listening to Men Alive with Dr. Jim Cunningham from Go Teach Global. Dr. Jim shares even more insights on this great subject in his book, Men Alive. To request a free PDF of this book, contact him at menaliveuntogod at gmail.com. That's menaliveuntogod at gmail.com. What is the third primary reason for marriage, Jim? Childbearing. Marriage permits us to receive one of the dearest of God's creative gifts, children. They represent perhaps the most substantial reason for marriage, to create life. Husbands and wives develop a safe, integrated unit within society to give of themselves and procreate. The pressures today against having children are immense, and I am not speaking to couples that biologically cannot conceive children. I am thinking of couples who predetermine not to have any children or choose to have an abortion which is contrary to God's original plan to be fruitful and multiply and have dominion over the earth. This reminds me of Psalm 68.6. God places the lonely in families. He sets the prisoners free and gives them joy. 
but he makes the rebellious live in a sun-scorched land. Exactly. You and I, Paul, know that the joy of having children and grandchildren made in the genetic code image of the father and mother is worth more laughs, more delights, more pain, and more character enrichment for most people than any other human enterprise. And fourth, marriage is for protection. Marriage is a protection for our emotional, spiritual, physical, social, and psychological well-being. Marriage permits freedom for sex with protection from the risk of disease. Marriage gives emotional acceptance and love in spite of our weaknesses. What a tremendous increase to our self-worth. Experiencing unconditional love helps us cope with life's day-to-day pressures. God wants to protect children from abuse. He wants them to grow up in the fear and admonition of the Lord in a home where the parents love and honor Him and love one another. And fifth, marriage is a model of the church. Marriage is a mini-model of God's relationship to the church. God, our Heavenly Father, chose Jesus, His Son, be the head of the church. Christ, in turn, loved the church so much that He died for the church. Husbands are to be the head of the wife and love their wife as Christ loved the church. And husbands are to give themselves for their wives as Christ gave Himself for the church. But often we also marry the family, Jim which reminds me of a story I learned from a young married woman in Iran. Fatima was full of hatred towards her mother-in-law. For 15 years, her mother-in-law was her enemy, and Fatima almost wanted to end the marriage. But one day, she got a hold of the Jesus DVD and watched it. The love of Jesus had a great impact on Fatima's life. When she heard one of Jesus' teachings that says, Love your enemies and bless those who curse you, She was deeply moved. She was especially touched by the fact that Jesus died on the cross for the sake of his enemies, and even asked God to forgive them. At that moment, Fatima fell on her knees and asked Jesus to come into her heart and to change her. She turned over her entire life to Jesus. After that, she sensed this deep love in her heart towards her mother-in-law. After that experience, Fatima visited her mother-in-law, taking flowers and sweets for her, fell on her knees in front of her, and asked for her forgiveness for all the bad things she had done against her. Fatima told her mother-in-law that her life was changed, and Jesus had created a new love in her heart towards others, and towards her mother-in-law. The mother-in-law in turn asked Fatima to forgive her for all the curses she had tried to bring into her life. She also gave her life to Jesus as a result of her daughter-in-law's example. They entered into a beautiful relationship with one another from that moment onward. The marriage was also beautiful from that day forward. Fatima was so happy that she didn't walk away from her marriage. So, Jim, what does the Bible teach about the duration of the marriage relationship? Uh, It's a lifelong covenant. A marriage contract identifies agreed areas of responsibility. A marriage contract is in effect as long as both parties fulfill their mutually agreed obligations. In contrast to this, God intended marriage to be a lifelong covenant between a husband and his wife. It is not to be broken by either party. A Christian marriage, ordained and planned by God, is ideally 
the monogamous union between two virgins, one male, one female, in a covenant relationship as husband and wife, with fidelity until parted by death. A Christian marriage models Christ's relationship with his church. The husband, the bridegroom, is to love his wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. And the wife is to submit to her husband as the church submits to the head, Jesus Christ. Thanks, Jim. There you have it for today, men. We become alive when we recognize that the wife of our youth is given to us by God himself to help each other become conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. For a free PDF copy of Dr. Jim's book, Men Alive, email him at menaliveuntogod at gmail.com. That's menaliveuntogod at gmail.com. Men Alive is a production of Go Teach Global. For more information and to ask any questions, go to our website at goteachglobal.com. Until next time, I'm Paul Estabrooks on behalf of Dr. Jim Cunningham, encouraging you to be men alive, transformed into the image of Jesus Christ.